Welcome to the Renovation Secrets Podcast, where we hope to untangle the mysteries of the renovation world. This is our second episode. Welcome back if you happen to catch episode one. And if you're new, so glad to have you stop by. I'm still in the process of finding the right music to add. So for now, I'm keeping things pretty simple. My name is Natalia Pierce, and I will be your host. I am a certified kitchen and bath designer and business owner. Having been part of the renovation industry for over 15 years, I have seen a great deal of renovation challenges. Each and every project is as unique as the people that will be using the space in the end. And working with my clients has taught me so much about the impact I have as a designer. I started writing my books and developed this podcast to help shed some of the more realistic points of view into the complexity of this crazy industry. One of the biggest challenges is helping my clients remain positive during the renovation experience. We all know that what is seen on TV is far from the reality of the renovation world. No one likes to talk about the ugly side of renovations, the messy, disruptive, or chaotic part, or the pink elephant in the room, actual costs. In this episode, I'm going to discuss some of the things to look forward to to look for in an honest and reliable contractor and other trade professionals, and why hiring the cheapest person is not always the best idea. Last episode, we talked about some of the planning details that go into preparing for a renovation. In this episode, I want to dive a little deeper into that process and talk about what to look for when hiring a contractor or other trades such as plumbers or electricians, and even designers. You can spend months doing all the planning in the world, but if the execution is poor, the end results will also be poor. The best quality products won't matter if not installed properly, and the finished reveal will not reflect the goals intended for your home. So where do you start? With all the nightmare stories out there, this can feel like an overwhelming process. Depending on the size and complexity of your project will determine where you should begin. If you're adding an addition onto your home, you'll definitely need to start with either an architect, architectural technologist, or someone qualified to create drawings and submit for permits. For kitchens and bathrooms, I highly recommend working with a certified kitchen and bath designer. As a specialized area of interior design, kitchen and bath requires extensive understanding, training, and knowledge of the mechanical systems involved in these areas of your home. There's a reason why we have specialized. Kitchens are more than just placing boxes in a room. I know that there's a myth out there that when you hire a designer or professional to help you with your project, that it will cost more money. You lose control, or maybe you feel like decisions and choices won't reflect your style or budget. Completely the opposite, actually. Working with a designer will define your project eliminate any uncertainty and simplify the complexity plus the benefits of introducing you to products and processes that you may not have been aware of. And most often a designer like myself will have a team of qualified trade professionals that can do the job with exceptional quality. In all likelihood, the relationships between designer and installers have been forged over years and many projects later that eliminate the need to search for a contractor altogether. Although I cannot speak for every designer, I know many of my colleagues and myself have teams with decades of experience to provide top quality results for every project. I'm always encouraging my team to elevate their workmanship to be the best that they can provide for my clients. 
A contractor will have skills and tools to manage every part of your project and know when and where other specialty trades are necessary. A general contractor will bring in a plumber and electrician when needed. Why is this important? The simple answer, liability. Let me explain. Each trade will have the proper insurance that covers the, their area of expertise. For example, if they're not a licensed electrician and something goes wrong, you're not going to be protected. This is the first step in protecting your home and your family. I highly recommend working with only licensed and insured professionals. Yes, it may cost a little more, but is your home not worth the risk just to save a few dollars? Your home is probably your single largest asset. Why would you want to trust anyone that has less than expert capabilities to make alterations, especially to critical mechanical systems that could impact the safety of your family? This may sound doom and gloom, but seriously, the implications of cutting corners, especially with electrical and plumbing, are not worth the possible issues. I'm not talking about changing a faucet or a light fixture that as a homeowner can be done with a few simple tools. I'm talking about adding switches or receptacles, moving the location of your shower or a toilet. Major changes need to be done according to the guidelines of the building code in your area. Here in Ontario, the Electrical Safety Authority is the governing body for all electrical work done in both residential and commercial buildings. If you have questions or concerns, you can check out their website at esasafe.com. Their website is a great resource if you're looking for basic guidelines and some common do's and don'ts. Again, that's esasafe.com. When looking for a contractor, here are a few things to keep an eye out for. Do they have social media accounts? Are they on Facebook, Instagram, or house? Have they posted pictures of recent projects? Are there any customer reviews? It is important to do your research. Once you have made contact with a prospective contractor or designer, they should ask to see your home before they can accurately provide a quote. If they give you a quote over the phone, this is a big red flag. During the initial visit, a few things should happen. When you're walking them through your project, explaining what your goal is for this space, they should be asking a lot of questions. Are you doing a new kitchen layout, updating the bathroom, or creating a home theater room in your basement? Showing them the location of the project. Once some basic details of what is involved in the project of your space is determined without being too nitpicky, pay attention to see if they're taking notes. They should ask a lot of specific questions to understand the details of your project. Like what type of flooring are you using? Have you selected a cabinet manufacturer for any cabinetry? Are you working with a technology integrator? In order for an accurate quote to be provided, they need to know as many details as possible. Here's a good example. If you're replacing all the flooring, knowing the type of flooring material that you want will help determine the level of preparation needed to install what you're looking for. There's a big difference when preparing to install a porcelain tile versus hardwood. Next step, ask for references. Their previous clients will be your best indicator about the quality of work, reliability, project management abilities, best business practices, and more. Not every client's going to be open to have contact from strangers, but if the contractor has developed a good relationship with their clients, many will be very open to sharing their experience. 
be sure to follow up quickly so past clients can expect your call. Some questions to be sure to ask when following up are, was the project completed according to the plan? Did they stay on budget? If not, what was the reason for being over budget? Were there unforeseen issues that caused additional costs or delays? Were they open and honest about mistakes or issues? And I'll come back to that one in a minute. Did they inform you of any issues right away? Did they show up when promised? Keep in mind that they may not be there every day, depending on the schedule. Was the quality of work up to standards? Were permits required? How did they manage the inspection process? Did they pass their inspections the first time? Were they organized and respectful of your home? How did they manage scheduling of other trades? Or is that not part of their job? Were they in charge of supplying materials? Did they plan ahead to prevent delays? Were you introduced to each member of their team? Answers to these questions will give you a reasonable perspective of their work habits and overall integrity to determine if they are someone you can entrust to your home. I want to go back and talk about the mistakes and issues that come up on a project. Personally, I feel how issues are handled to be one of the most revealing signs of someone's personality. Firstly, mistakes happen. We're all human. But it's how that error is managed that makes all the difference. The more experience a contractor has, the less issues that come up. But open and honest communication goes a long, long way. I've made my share of mistakes, and I take responsibility to meet the necessary correction. Often, I will already be working on a solution to present to a client when I let them know what has happened. Having those tough conversations is never easy, but in the end, being open and honest is the only way to go. Time for the pink elephant conversation. Money, budgets, costs. These are all critical deciding factors for most homeowners, and truth be told, as a contractor or designer, this is how we make our living. The cost of a renovation is a driving factor and very often sensitive. We would all like to have an unlimited budget to create the home of our dreams, but that's not realistic. If you're going through the process, gather three or more quotes and consider these factors as you analyze each proposal. A licensed and insured contractor will charge more than a part-time hobbyist. As a legitimate business owner, they have expenses to cover, including insurance, taxes, WSIB, tools, equipment, software, wages, and so on and so on. And quality workers also are compensated accordingly. What does the quote include? Is it labor only? The quote might include materials or shop supplies and sundries, special products, markups, travel costs. Are all expenses associated with your project included? Things like demolition, waste removal, delivery costs. Is there an allotment for possibility of re-insulating or replacing your subfloor? Specialty items. For example, if you're doing a bathroom renovation and installing porcelain tile on the floor, has an uncoupling membrane been recommended or included? Was a heated floor recommended? Just a quick note about uncoupling membranes. I know it's a little bit off topic. There are guidelines established for tile installation that ensure your floor remains bonded and without cracks. The Terrazzo Tile and Marble Association of Canada, or TTMAC, have outlined the minimum thickness of a subfloor for proper tile installation. 
The use of an uncoupling membrane helps keep the thickness of a subfloor reduced, making transitions to adjacent flooring easier and ensuring a better installation. If you want a little bit more information on uncoupling membranes, you can check out one of the leading manufacturers, which is Schluter, on their website, and it's S-C-H-L-U-T-E-R.com. Back to our topic. The more detailed the quote, it is easier to compare. Understanding what has or has not been included based on what the contractor has determined to be an important or necessary part of completing your project to the best of his or her abilities can say a lot about their skill level and capabilities, and if they're up to date really on new products and trends. The cheapest quote is very rarely ever going to be your best choice. First question I would ask is what's missing or has been overlooked? Have they cut corners just to get the job? Do they have an understanding of what really needs to be done to comply with building code standards? Some considerations go for the quote that is much higher than the rest. Ask questions and don't be shy to seek clarification. Is there something on the quote that doesn't make sense or is unclear? Red flag number two. If you are asked for a large deposit, it is reasonable for a small retainer to be requested to secure a job or to help offset costs of materials, but shouldn't be done well in advance either. But any deposit larger than 10% of your total project budget should be highly scrutinized. In the case of working with a designer, often a 50% deposit is required when ordering cabinets, plumbing fixtures, or any other custom pieces. For example, my cabinet manufacturer is semi-custom and it's made to order. The cabinet line and once the order has been finalized, the order goes into production. So the deposit is required. Once you've hired your contractor, be sure to establish a payment schedule before work begins. There is nothing more damaging to a working relationship when expectations are unclear. Payments can be based on milestones achieved. For example, completion of framing or when all the rough-in plumbing or electrical is done. I cover a sample timeline and payment milestones in my Inside Renovations ebook, which I'll tell you a little later how you can get for free. How are the changes or additional items managed? If you're not billed for charges uh, for any of these changes or additions until the end, you want to make sure you keep really close watch on and tabs on those additional costs. It is super easy for a budget to go off the rails when adding little amounts at a time. $500 here and there can really add up and comes quite a shock if you're not paying attention. Dealing with unforeseen issues. It can really be difficult to anticipate every possible thing that might show up in a renovation. Most often, the hidden monsters reveal themselves during the demolition phase when walls and floors get opened up. We recently completed a double bathroom renovation where the old one-by-one tiles, when removed from the floor, we discovered over two inches of concrete supporting the old tile. There was no way of knowing what we would find in advance until we were in the removal phase and started to the demolition. That said, not only did the demolition take a few extra days, the need to rebuild the new subfloor was also required. Make sure your contractor has a process in place to manage the unexpected. The discussion of payments makes some people feel awkward, but this is where the trust and faith come in. 
As a contractor, they want to be compensated for an honest day's work, as this is their livelihood. And as a homeowner, you want to make sure your home is returned to the new and improved version while keeping your home safe. The need for clear and open communication is important for both sides to feel respected. It is often tempting while you have somebody capable in your home to take care of some of the small tasks that need attention, but make sure you are aware of the costs associated with these items. Some contractors don't mind taking care of the occasional small thing at no charge, but this kindness needs to be valued and not expected. A clear understanding of what will be part of the project can avoid misunderstandings. This is where a clear scope of work comes becomes essential. A scope of work will define each and every detail of your project from the removal of old fixtures to the precise details of cabinet installation. For example, as a designer, I go to great lengths to ensure that my cabinet layouts are balanced by the lighting design. I provide multiple sets of detailed drawings so that each trade knows exactly how their part synchronizes to the next step. The scope of work becomes the guidebook so everyone knows their section and responsibilities. And my last point, when you meet with a contractor or designer, make sure you're speaking the same language. Are they in tune with your vision? Is there a connection or an understanding to what your goals and needs are for your home? Trust your instincts. Don't force a relationship with someone you don't feel a connection with just because they were recommended. After all, this is your home that you are entrusting. To be fair, not all personalities fit together and your home needs to be placed in the hands of someone who's going to do their best for you and your family. And never ever be afraid to ask questions. In every industry, there's a unique language or terminology that is used and as a homeowner, you may not understand. A good contractor or designer will take the time to explain anytime there's something new or unclear. I'm a little biased, but consider working with a design team. Designers do a lot of planning and coordinating that makes life a lot easier for the trades, making sure all the materials are ordered and on site when needed. This level of coordination often saves time as each team member knows when their part comes, everything they need is already there. Your designer will often be the communicator and advocate between you and the trades, making sure your goals are achieved. Or if you have any questions or concerns, they can address that too. Take your time to find the right team for your renovation. You wouldn't trust your dentist to change the brakes on your car, so protect your home and your family by hiring qualified and insured trade professionals. I'd like to thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to give us a like and click on the subscribe button below so you never miss a new episode. If you want more, you can follow us on Instagram at detailbydesign15 for daily inspirations and everything kitchen, bath, and design. We can also be found on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and even TikTok. Our website and portfolio can be viewed at detailbydesign.ca. And if you'd like a free copy of our Inside Renovations ebook, please send me an email to natalia at detailbydesign.ca and put ebook in the subject line just so I catch it. Until next time, I wish you all the best in your renovation adventures.